This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Recap, Yankees lose again tonight, 8-3 to the Boston Red Sox. That is now six straight losses. Correction from what I said earlier in our number one, they've lost nine of their last 11 games. They are now two games under five hundred. And this comes to me courtesy of Max Goodman. Yankees offense during their six-game losing streak, they're batting 198. They've scored 14 runs in 54 innings. Meanwhile, they've struck out 56 times, and they've hit into 10 double plays. Aaron Boone was asked, how difficult is this for you at this time? It's about us, and, and you know, it's a difficult time for us. It's been a tough season. But again, we're, this is this is also part of it. It's you know it's it's easy when it's going when it's going good and you're rolling out there and you know that's you know this this sport will reveal reveal make make you reveal your character. So you know it's it's for us right now. It's about continuing to show up again with an edge, ready to put in the work, and trusting that today is the day that you know we start to get this thing rolling again. And and also keeping that focus on you know it's really hard when you're going through this. But making sure that you remember why you play this game. And it's probably because you played it pretty well and you had a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, on the biggest stage, you can lose sight of that when when you're going through it like this. And we need to make sure that's happening, too. Well, is it shocking, Aaron, to be two games under 500 at this part of the season? It's frustrating and disappointing. But again, like, you know, and, and we you know, get those questions all the time. You got to keep moving forward and you got to do all you can to not succumb to that and do your best to come in and fix it every day. It doesn't matter what happened tonight and yesterday. We got to, we got to keep going and the, the, the season will swallow you up if you, if you let, let it consume you. Hey, so it's yo. not about reflecting right now. It's about getting guys ready to play and ready to play at a high level. Yeah, the problem for him is his voice has become stale, and it doesn't look like they are responding to this message that he continuously disseminates, uh, not just to the media, but to his clubhouse. And when things are going swimmingly, we've seen the Yankees excel. And now that they're going this poorly, you wonder, were they just front runners this entire time under Aaron Boone? And someone's going to have to pay for this. You just wonder if it's going to get bad enough where the, the report we heard about two weeks ago from Bob Clappers was that Cashman was safe. If this thing continues to be an abject failure where you're now seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games under 500 at the end of the season in last place, does it mean the general manager? Is gone. Does it force Howe's hand? Are, are Yankee fans going to show up to the ballpark just to sh- uh, to chant, fire Cashman? And if this thing starts going sideways, boy, look out. 800-919-3776. Alex is in Monroe. What's up, Alex? Yeah, what's up, Tyler? How's it going? I'm doing well, man. What's going on? Talk to me. That's good, man. Hey, I wanted to make a parallel and a prediction about two New York teams, uh, which would be the Jets and the New York Yankees. Uh, So the Yankees came into this season with World Series aspirations, knowing they didn't have a left fielder. Uh, And you see how their season has gone, right? In the dumps. Uh So the Jets come in not having a left tackle or whatever, offensive line problems. And I'm making the parallel and the prediction that the Jets will play 500 Football, oh, just like the Yankees are playing. 
500 baseball, right? Alex, that's so, very depressing. You really had to do that. <laughs> I mean, think I mean, about it, bro. That's that to me. That's what I see. I'm making that those parallels right there, and I'm making that prediction. It's the same situation. Came in with world championship aspirations, glaring problem, not addressing it prior to the season, and it's the same thing with the Yankees and the Jets. Well, Alex, I appreciate the very depressing thought you just uh, threw in my direction. It just, for everyone living in New York City, most of us are passionate. uh, Most of us fans, sports fans, are passionate about these teams. Uh, Could you imagine going from what was supposed to be a thrilling season for both the Yankees and Mets turning into just chaos and the Mets becoming sellers and the Yankees becoming embarrassing? to what's supposed to be a sensational season for the Jets and a fun one for the Giants as well, turning turning into the Jets being a disappointment? Nah, man, I, I'm not going there. If this does derail them, that's going to fall on Joe Douglas, and I've said that before. You know, he, he does deserve credit for Brees Hall and for Sauce Gardner and for Garrett Wilson for AVT, but he's missed badly. And you saw today the Lions waved Denzel Mims a guy Joe Douglas drafted. What's what's helping him right now is that he created an organization that was attractive enough for Aaron Rodgers to say, I want to go play there and win a championship. If this thing completely falls apart and it's directly tied to the offensive line, you wonder what happens at the end of this season. You wonder what the decision is. If the Jets do, like you just said, you know, hover around 500 and miss the playoffs, Salah's going to be gone. But what does it mean for Joe Douglas? 800-919-3776. Oz is in Fort Lee. What's up, Oz? Hey, what's going on, Ty? Um, I wanted to point something out about Cashman. I don't know if you guys noticed, but this guy's brought up nobody from the minor leagues in the last 10 years, other than Aaron Judge. How are you supposed to build a team without being able to to build it from within. Every year you hear about, oh, you know, he's this prospect, that prospect, we're not going to trade this guy, we're not going to trade that guy. They keep all these guys and they don't do anything. Meanwhile, people tried the Mets. Mets bringing up guys like Alonzo, McNeil. I mean, can we get some, uh, can we really just say Cashman is at fault for everything in here? Well, I mean, it's, it's, a... it's... go ahead, go ahead, Oz. No, I, I'm saying it, it just everything points to, towards him. It he's does. Not, he's not drafting. He's not drafting. He's you know signing guys like Hicks to be terrible contracts, and you, you know. Yeah, the failure of the failure of, and I appreciate the call, Oz. The failure to develop these guys it has to fall on him because you know he's pretty much running this organization he he's he's putting guys in place he's responsible for the analytics department he's responsible for putting the you know developmental coaches in place what's happening in the minors and we saw you know Ben Ruda was on uh, he actually had said this um what was this last month to Anita that the Yankees just aren't doing a good uh, enough job developing their players, investing in these guys. And you're right. How often do we hear about this asset who's untouchable, untradeable, only to watch him come up and he stinks? And then he's he's not valuable anymore. 
It's an asset that has depreciated so much, you can get nothing for him. So between the bad trades, you know, the Josh Donaldson, that was a mess. Joey Gallo, disaster. The, the bad extensions, Severino and Hicks. The signings, uh, so far Rodon doesn't look good. The Frankie Montage trade, I mean, what what a mess that was. This has not been not been a, a good look for him since he fired Girardi. And maybe that's just bad karma. James is in Spring Valley. What's up, James? Ty D Butler. What's happening, my man? What's going on, bro? What's going on, my man? Nice uh nice nice Giants win for you tonight. So you must be in a good mood. Yeah, listen, man, I'm in a great mood, man. Big shout out to the company, by the way. I'm in a great mood. I mean, Daniel Jones looks perfect and um, you know, I, I'm I'm riding high. I mean, with that last caller, if if that happens to your Jets, Lord have mercy. I do uh, not want that to happen. I'm to not. The Jets. Of course you want it. To, of course you want it to happen for the Jets, James. You're a troll. <laughs> of course you want it to happen for the Jets. I'm just looking I'm forward. I'm just looking forward to Rogers hanging 45 on your defense and Daniel Jones throwing a couple of pick sixes to to both DJ and Sauce, and then we'll have some fun. We'll talk about it. We'll see who's laughing then, James. Listen, I got to bet with one of the members of the company that if I lose, I wear a Jets jersey. I do not want that to happen. So let's not want. Let, let's yeah, not we put don't, that listen, on that's me. a bad uh, bet. Whoever it is in the company, it sounds like he's a Jet fan. We don't want you wearing a Jet jersey. Yeah. It's a bad look for yeah. bad look for the Jets. Not a bad look for you. That's a bad look for the Jets. We don't want you in a Jet jersey. <laughs> Shout out to PBL. I made that bet for him. Now on with the Yankees. Um, Ty, I kind of feel like at this point with the Yankees. Um. It kind of feels like it's a dumpster fire. You and I are both Yankee fans. This is going nowhere. So my question to you, Ty, is really simple. If 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 um if Boone gets fired, does Cashman get fired? And I guess my question is that does do you think Hal will have the stones to actually make the moves necessary? Because it kind of feels like he's afraid to make the move. Yeah, so I don't you think have... if the Yankees continue continue falling the way that they're falling, like, do you almost hope that Hal is forced to make that move? Yes. Or do you think that nothing's going to happen? I, I think, yes, I'm rooting for him to be forced to make that move, mm-hmm. and I appreciate the call, James. I don't think that is going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Cashman signed a four-year extension after the Yankees got swept out of the playoffs. If there was ever a time to move on from him and decide that a fresh voice was needed in this organization— it was last October when you went 3-6 and six in the playoffs. When the best thing that you accomplished the last three years was barely getting past the Cleveland Guardians. As we saw in 2021, you didn't win a playoff game. And then last year, you beat the Guardians, but you, you, lost, you, you lost to the Astros. You got embarrassed in that series. You got swept. And now this year, you're not going to win a playoff game. So I think it, last season would have been the perfect time to make a change. But they tricked themselves into thinking, you know, all these injuries, if not for those things happening, we would have been fine. I just don't trust that Hal has the onions to do it. And I don't know if he's savvy enough to, to come up with a plan that is conducive to this Yankee team getting back on track. I just I, I just have no confidence that's going to happen. I don't have any confidence. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good evening, Ty. Shout out to the company. 
and wanted to pretty much um, echo those thoughts. But the thing that, because I do think that the Yankees are in trouble, I don't think he, Brian Cashman is going anywhere. Um, how and and what will give Brian Cashman the out essentially from, you know, possibly you know looking good is pretty much firing the whole analytic department because the what the, the 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 term and the philosophy that they have gone with has totally destroyed their farm system and destroyed you know their roster construction all the way up to the majors. That that's for my Yankee point. For my Jeb point. Unlike in baseball where we see, you know, one player can affect, you know, winning everything and or, or, or possibly even being competitive, as we saw when Aaron Judge went down with the Yankees. With the Jets, with football, we all know that the quarterback pretty much is intricate in almost every facet of the, of the football game. And I really do think that, with Aaron Rodgers, we're going to have at least a uh, – he's going to give us at least a better chance on the offensive side of the ball. I know the offensive line is a question, but you know what? I'm going to have trust and faith that, you know, they're going to figure it out by the end of the preseason. So that's my thoughts. Thank you for your time, Todd. Well, appreciate the call. I, I hope so. I, I really do hope so. Because that's the difference. That's the difference with this team versus what you had last year. And, you know, Jet fans remember watching all those games, knowing that in order for you to win, you were going to probably have to get some touchdowns scored by your defense because your offense just gave you no shot. This year, it's a completely different story. And watching Hard Knocks, uh, you know, I I was, you know, I, I listened to... I forget who it was, but they said, we're going to be in every game. We're going to be in every game. And that resonated with me because I just don't know the last time I was able to feel that. So to watch this team and feel like they're going to be in every single game just because of who they have under center. And I think what gets lost is the injury last year. And it's not to make excuses for Rodgers. He should have played better. That that game that the Packers had at home to get into the playoffs against the Lions, they should have won. But that injury to, to his finger on his throwing hand that he suffered in the Giants game in London, that, you know, that derailed him. And we saw that there were certain things that he just couldn't do. And you're hoping that it has since been rectified and it was more about the injury than it is about him being older and him aging. There are times, and you know, this is, you know, Anthony Rizzo, for example. And you hope he's doing well. You hope that he's able to get better and that he can get back to to being on the field and and become the player he once was. But once you learn that something was wrong physically, then it makes you feel better about the player because the worst case would be, oh man, he just lost it. Like he, like father time has gotten to him. So when I saw Rizzo was dealing with something, I said, all right, at least we know there was an explanation for it. And again, you hope he's able to rebound from it because that's actually pretty scary for him to have played 10 straight weeks with, uh, you know, concussion-related symptoms. So you hope he's all right. But the same thing goes with Rodgers. You hope that when you watch this year, you see a different, more improved version of him compared to what we saw last season. And you're able to come to the conclusion, yeah, it was the finger. It just wasn't right. Didn't have chemistry with his young receivers. 
It's a big season, man. We keep talking about it. It feels like we've been previewing this thing for years. Can we can we finally get to opening day already? Week one of the NFL season. Week one, knocking on the door of it. Coming up next, could the Knicks win the Eastern Conference? Ty Butler going until midnight right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. All the basketball, y'all going to give them the most three games and four-day stretches this season. That is absolutely cruel. 800-919-3776. want to touch on the Knicks, but before we do that, let's go to the phone calls. 800-919-3776. Here is Tony in the car. What's up, Tony? Hey, what's going on, my friend? A couple of things. First of all, um, I hope your Jets do well. I'm just coming back from the Giant game. And I'm loving the fact that the Giants are under under the radar. Darren Waller looks amazing. And once again, Daniel Jones is looking like he might be worth that money. Saquon didn't even play yet. So, like you said, I'm excited for the season. I can't wait for it to start. Just to touch on some Yankee stuff really quickly, I'm still not understanding why Brian Cashman is so untouchable. He has been horrible. Horrible, horrible. And once again, we have not won a World Series since 2009. That's not acceptable in New York. No, at it's, all. Not. it's not. And the contracts that he's getting are utterly ridiculous. And like one of the callers said, he's not developing the youth uh, in the minor leagues at all. It is horrible, horrible, horrible. And the last thing I just want to say is, can the Knicks win the Eastern Conference? I have a trade for you. What's that? OG OG Obanoli uh, from Toronto. Give up either RJ quickly and some picks. Let's make it happen because <laughs> you gave away Obi Toppin for a bag of peanuts, and I'm not understanding that whatsoever. Well, well, well maybe just, maybe that bag of peanuts was was worth more than Obi Toppin. Maybe that was a fair no, trade. No, no, we didn't get anything back, brother. We need a backup. We need a backup power forward. We don't even have one. Yeah. What are we gonna do? And we and we can't deal with you know with Randall playing ninety five minutes a game. I mean, no, he's going to dribble into the double team every <laughs> time. He's killing me, killing me. Well, listen. But once again, I, I love him. But see, the Knicks are going to mess around and try to trade for Mister the Process. And as soon as we get him, he's going to get. Hurt. Nah, come you on, know? Tony. Tony, if 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 Joel Embiid becomes available, you mean to tell me you wouldn't want him? A, a, a league MVP? I didn't say I didn't want him. Oh, okay. I didn't say I didn't want him, but I'm afraid. That, Listen, you can't, comes, you can't be afraid, man. You got you to gotta learn how to love. You got to learn how to go out on a limb. Put put your heart on the line, my fan, brother. I've been a Nick fan since 69, brother. And let me tell you something. Every time we get a star, it's always a star that used to be good, could be good. But when we get them, they ain't good. So I'm an old Dirty Nick fan, sorry. But well, maybe it's the time. Maybe it's a sign of changing times. You got Jalen Brunson last so. year, and no one expected him so. to be fantastic, and he was awesome. And we got, and you know what? And right now, if Jalen Brunson said, "I want to renegotiate my contract," they better do it because he's <laughs> worth a whole lot more than they <laughs> That's true, man. Appreciate the call, Tony. As far as the Giants, they—I mean—they look great tonight. It's preseason. You don't want to put too much stock into it. But that opening drive, it's hard not to be excited about what this team can become, the potential that can be unlocked 
with, you know, Darren Waller, assuming he stays healthy. And, and Hyatt even had a touchdown. We saw his his speed on full display. Kayvon Thibodeau made his presence felt. He was living in the backfield. Deontay Banks, Adoree Jackson, Trey Hawkins, like that can be a nice combination at corner. The Giants defense could could be really good this year. I think their ceiling could be high. And, you know, they're they're very thin. They don't have a ton of depth on that side of the ball. But if they do stay healthy and you get that that second-year lead from Thibodeau and then the cornerbacks play well, you've got Okereke at your linebacker position. You need, you desperately need Dexter Lawrence and, you know, Leonard Williams to not be on the field as much because I think that's why their defense, their run defense struggled last year. They were just playing too many damn snaps. So hopefully the depth can aid in that area. And you're just looking for Ojolari and Thibodeau to become just a, a an elite duo. And with Wink coaching them up, you really have to feel good about what this defense can be next season. Assuming they can stay healthy. And offensively, Daniel Jones has to, has to prove that he is a good to great quarterback. Crack that top 12. You're being paid $40 million. I don't think it's too much to ask for you to show that you can win games and it be on your shoulders. I don't think that's too much to ask. 800-919-3776. I did tease, uh, can the Knicks win the Eastern Conference? So we'll get to that once we come back right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Aaron Judge was, twi- was trending today for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, Yankees haven't won since he's been on the team, so he doesn't have any rings. They had to put this Jordan ring on his finger. And it just got him looking all types of crazy. All types of crazy. And a season that has been filled with just high-level comedy. Judge added to it by, by being a part of this. Whoever decided that this was the right decision, man, they're not looking out for you, bro. They did not have your best intentions in mind when they said, yeah, go take this picture. This will be a good look for you. We'll, we'll have this as the promo for you signing with, with MJ. With Nike, that's not it's not a good that's not a good look for you, my G. It's not a good look for you. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. By the way, is there a ch- chance? Is there still a chance that the Nets can somehow win the Harden Simmons trade? You you see, Ben Simmons apparently is in the best shape of his life. He's he's physically back to where he was prior to the the back issues. My boy looking ripped on Twitter. And Harden is just trying his best. I mean, his absolute best to submarine the Sixers season. Which would be good news for Knicks fans. If you can find a way to get Embiid to that point where he's so annoyed, he's looking for a way out of town. Now, Ramona Shelburne did report he is not currently unhappy with his situation. I just worded that that weirdly. He's not unhappy. In Philly right now. He, he, I know he, he took the Sixers out of his bio on Twitter. But he's just being Joel trolling bead. He's not looking for a, an exodus. But that's a situation to monitor. If he becomes available, Knicks could be in on him. They certainly have the assets to do it. I actually came across a Bleacher Report article 
outlining the teams that could trade for him. And, you know, they're suggesting the Knicks, because of all the teams that have the, the assets to do it, could be closest to contention. And, you know, if you give them Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel Quickly, Evan Fournier, and four first-round picks, that could get it done. That could get it done. They also have the Warriors on here. If the Warriors trade Wiggins, CP3, Kaminga, two first-round picks, or a first-round pick and two first-round pick swaps, they could land and beat in P.J. Tucker. And you have... Miami getting involved here, but Miami would have to ship off Bam in addition to some picks, Tyler Hero and Jovic. And then the Thunder are here, but why would Embiid want to go to Oklahoma City? And then you have the Pelicans. So uh, it's something we're going to be definitely watching going forward. By the way, uh, Bobby Marks does a great job for ESPN as an analyst covering the NBA. He was on with Barton Hahn, and yesterday it surfaced that he's actually picking the Knicks to come out of the Eastern Conference. So ESPN.com did this panel of, you know, what is the matchup to watch for? What's your NBA Finals preview matchup on the schedule? And he chose Phoenix at the Knicks. Which means, in addition to having the Suns come out the West, he's got the Knicks coming out the East. And he joined Barton Hahn earlier this afternoon to talk about why he sees the Knicks winning their conference. The chaos factor, right? Knock on wood for New Yorkers, the chaos factor is not hanging over that organization. I mean, you certainly see it in Philadelphia, what's going on with James Harden. I think Miami's a little bit different because they're kind of waiting in the wings for Damian Lillard, and we don't know what that roster is going to look like. Giannis coming up in knee injury. Boston with Porzingis with the plantar fascia. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who knows there. I think certainly, I think the East is a little bit weaker maybe than in prior years. I think the West is certainly is probably the dominant conference right now, but listen, you go to you lose to Miami in the second round. You bring back every player on that roster. You add Dante DiVincenzo here. I think there's a lot of parity in the Eastern Conference here. I think barring an injury to you know one of their main guys here, um, I think we, sh- we should be talking about New York when it comes to representing the Eastern Conference. And who knows what happens during the regular season. And You guys have talked about it at length. I mean, they've got everything out there to go out and make a trade if, if somebody becomes available here. So we should be talking about them like we talk Milwaukee and Boston and Miami. I don't know if I'd, I'd go that far, Bobby. I get it. There are some question marks in Boston, and I think if everything goes well, they may have the highest ceiling of any team in the East. Chris Stapps, if he can stay healthy, he's dealing with the plantar fascia, uh, fasciitis right now, and you know that can be tricky. That timeline can just be hard to figure out. But if he is able to get back on the court, I think that they have a higher ceiling with him playing at his best versus what you were going to get with Marcus Smart. And you know Tatum's going to bring it. Jalen Brown just got paid. We were questioning whether or not this duo could actually crack through and, and win a championship. But, you know, they've they've been in a lot of Eastern Conference Finals. They were in the Finals two years ago, a game away from getting back there just last season. I'm not worried about the Celtics until I see that this KP experiment is, is not going well. And then there's the Joe Mazzulla factor. You know, is he in over his head? The Bucks, they're going to be fine. Giannis, his knee injury, I'm not concerned about that at all. They brought the new head coach in there. I, I think you start to look at whether or not this window is closing 
But I think next season they'll be fine. Miami, they lost Strews to Cleveland. They lost Gabe Vincent to the Lakers. They're really banking on this Dean Lillard trade happening, which at some point it has to. He does not want to be in Portland. They just drafted School Henderson. All signs point to this being the the marriage that takes place, him going to Miami, and then they immediately become the favorites in the Eastern Conference. Don't sleep on Cleveland, who I just mentioned got Struce. That's a great pickup for them. You know, they, they fell apart in the playoffs, and the Knicks have the edge over them just because when you lose to a team in five, they, that that's what happens. But I, I love the Struce addition that's going to help add to their three-point uh, shooting abilities. I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to be that bad again in a playoff series in back-to-back years. They're still in the conversation. And then you have the Knicks, who did bring their entire team back, you know, outside of Obi Toppin. And you love that there's some some chemistry, some camaraderie, some consistency, and they feel like a stable organization. But as I said last night, it's a big year for Tom Thibodeau. He's got two years left on his contract. He's not going to go into the final season as a lame duck. So they're going to have to decide on an extension for this guy if he's the right head coach for this group. <laughs> but then again, you look at you know Villanova forming, and, and, and you wonder if Jay Wright's going to make his way in. Because this has become the, the Villanova Knicks with Josh Hart, with Jalen Brunson. That, that This has become the Villanova Knicks. So uh, that that's that's just what I'm looking. At. I I I can't go that far, at, you know, to say that the Knicks should be the favorites. And obviously Dante Divincenzo, I, you know, he's part of the Villanova Knicks. I can't go that far to say that the Knicks are the favorites in the Eastern Conference. That that that's a that's a high jump. That is a very high jump. I think what you look forward to is a season when. You know, you're bringing everybody back, and you can hope and pray that things go your way, that you can, you know, get back to just where you were last year, and that was in the second round of the playoffs. And you just hope that chaos continues to to take place in, in Philadelphia, and you could get your hands on Joel Embiid. But winning the conference, I don't think that's on the table. 800-919-3776. We wrap the show when we return right here on 9870 ESPN.